What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This, of course, is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, no joke, I absolutely adored what I saw last night in Dallas' big win over Philadelphia. But before we get started, first of all, I'd like to send a huge shout out to my hero, Miranda Alizé. The Lucha Batty herself, a fantastic professional wrestler. She is my hero. Miranda, if by any freak of luck you happen to be listening, thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you do. You are one hell of an inspiration. I have watched you work in wrestling. You are a fantastic professional wrestler. Miranda, please keep doing what you do. You are my hero. I hope to one day be able to see you live in person, and I know that day will come when the time is right. In the meantime, Miranda, this is all for you. Please keep up the good work. Keep doing what you do. You are awesome. Now... You know, I should mention at the beginning how Dak Prescott said that he said that his performance, in his view, was solid enough, in his words. But he also basically mentions again that he's his own biggest critic, and he even mentioned that he feels like he did not play his best game. Okay. Now, I will say this. Dak Prescott played respectably. Uh-huh. Now, normally, I'm actually the one usually... Unleashing a massive barrage of criticism on the guy. And listen, I've said it many, many times, but people don't seem to believe me. They just think that I'm just putting on an act when I say I don't like having to do that. I honestly do not. Because look, I have suffered barrages of criticism doing what I do. But I've, I've been suffering that since I was a little kid. From overbearing parents to, you know, the worst time of my life in school from kindergarten to third grade when I was so badly bullied by teachers by students, everything telling me I was too stupid because of my ADHD, I would never amount to anything in life, so I don't like having to do that, so, but, but I, I gotta be honest, I mean, Dak Prescott actually is, I'm telling you, he's looking at, he's playing it in a certain way that, you know, sometimes it's just like, wow, this is probably a Dak Prescott we haven't seen before, now at the same time, I did spend a lot of time saying, well, this was against horrible teams, yada, 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 but people argue saying, well, it's not his fault that he's playing on a schedule against a horrible team. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. And I never said it was his fault or the Cowboys' fault. I was just saying, like, let's not get extremely, extremely overhyped because that's been the issue. You know, Robert Griffin III, honestly, is making a case that, because he's insisting that Dak Prescott's MVP case is only getting stronger because he mentions in the last seven games, and this is true, in the last seven games, Dak Prescott has over 20 touchdown passes and only two interceptions with a very, very good record. So, at the end, at the end of the day, you, you know, you know, one source, one source even even indicated that Dak Prescott is on top of the race, on top of the MVP standings. Listen, if Dak Prescott does in fact win the MVP, I cannot take that away from him. I cannot, and I will not try to do anything. I can basically sit there and say, okay, well, cool, he's the MVP because he, he got all those stats against the bad teams. Look, well, in some cases, that's the argument, but look, you know, at some point, you just got to basically say, look, he earned the award, you know, 
you'll give him the praise. You know, he's worked hard for it. But, but right now, honestly, the biggest thing I want is for the Cowboys to at least make the NFC Championship. Okay? If the Cowboys actually do make the NFC Championship, even if they were to come short but play one hell of a game, then, and if Dak Prescott did his best out there but unfortunately it was not enough, then at, this, at, the, at the same time, you can't take anything away from him. I mean, the same would go for Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith will probably just sit there, he'll send a video of him with his cowboy hat on, his cigar, laughing his ass off. But, you know, even at that point, if the Cowboys were to make it as far as the NFC Championship, play a hell of a game, even if they were to come short, but if they play a hell of a game, honestly, praise is the only thing that's going to that, that's gonna be basically relevant at that point. And I'll be, and I'll be there to do it. But we gotta, we'll have to wait and see it when that happens. So, in other words, I'll believe it when I see it. So, uh, so watching the game yesterday, you know, one of my uh, friends and most loyal listeners, uh, Dre, who's the uh, founder and owner of the Sportsway with Dre Day podcast. Once again, that's the Sportsway with Dre Day podcast, hosted by my friend, Mr. Dre which I strongly suggest you uh, subscribe to. Once again, it's the Sportsway with Dre Day podcast. He honestly believes that the Cowboys had fully exposed the Eagles. Now, going into this game, the Eagles have in fact been struggling, primarily on defense. Jalen Hurts had had some of those moments where you're kind of looking at it and says, wow, that's not the Jalen Hurts that we know. Now, understandably... They lost both coordinators, you know, after the Super Bowl, but still, the Eagles still looked, looked as strong as ever. I'm telling you, the Cowboys, I mean, the Eagles defense, the, the one the one highlight of, of their game last night is, is the strip sack on Dak Prescott that was returned to the house for a touchdown. But other than that, I'm telling you, Dak Prescott somehow, someway, was basically figuring out the, the Eagles defense and, and basically at times was doing it with ease. Now, it's embarrassing the fact that this was another high-penalized team, excuse me, high-penalized game, and that the Cowboys and Eagles were basically being granted favors off of penalties, which is honestly an embarrassment. I always say it, if you have an advantage because of penalties, that's honestly embarrassing for both. I mean, it's frustrating, it's embarrassing in a frustrating way for one team, but it should be the same way for the other because it's not going to make you look strong. If you're basically driving down the field because of, because of penalties, whether they're True, whether they're right or wrong. The bottom line is you should never have to rely on penalties to give you the edge. You should go out there on the great iron and prove that you are good as you say you are. So, so at the same time, you know, you know, and for Dak Prescott to say like he, it was, you know, he, he called it solid, but obviously not his best game. I, I'm not gonna say this. It certainly was not his best game, but it definitely was not his worst. I would probably say that this game was, well. Some would say it was average, but again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dak Prescott's words on this one. I'm gonna go basically. It was in fact a solid one. So, so really, at this point, you're kind of basically looking at it you know, to where like you know because again, we're still wondering, can Dak Prescott do this against the higher competition? But let's keep in mind, the Cowboys beat one of the best teams in the league. Now, even though technically they're not, some people say they're not anymore because of the defense and the offensive issues. But hey, the Eagle, the Eagles came in this game with a 10 and 2 record, and the Cowboys beat them. So the Cowboys beat a team with a very, very high record over 500. So now I can't sit here and say the Cowboys didn't beat anybody with a winning record. So I mean that's back-to-back weeks being the team with Seattle. Although Seattle is now, I believe, a team with a losing record. I believe they're now six and seven. But still, at the time the case was different, the story was different. So yeah, I mean obviously right now the best team in the league is obviously San Francisco, but. 
But again, uh, as far as Dak, Dak Prescott's performance goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna basically go and uh, basically agree with him. Yeah, it was definitely it was solid, but again, not the best, but certainly not his worst. So it, it was just one of those days where the the statistical numbers could have been better, but I still think he did well. I mean, 24 for 39, 271 yards and two touchdowns, and you know didn't even throw a pick. So I think honestly, in Dak Prescott's case, I think the part that he's probably very very disappointed in himself as is the fact that you know he suffered a he, he was sacked he, he lost the fumble and, and it was returned all the way for all the way to the house you know at that point we, you know at that point you know it went from 24 to 6 sleep for dallas 24 to 13 so you know, at that point I, I think dak basically felt like man you know this is my fault you know he took responsibility you, you know again you know for me as a guy who's usually unleashing a, a massive amount of criticism on the guy burying the guy you know at this point i i you know i basically commend him big time for, you know, he takes, I mean, I've, I've always seen him as that kind of guy. He takes responsibility. But, you know, this one, he took responsibility in a way, I mean, he, he did something about it, you know. Now, the Cowboys did not actually find the end zone in the, in the second half. Uh, I, I'll tell you, Brandon Aubrey, this dude is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the, a top prospect for the uh, for Major League Soccer, I believe, you know, played uh, played the sport of football, except I call it football, not soccer. You know, see, okay, let me say it like this. For the record, they say that he went from playing soccer to playing football. Uh-uh. Correction. Brandon Aubrey went from playing football, and he's now playing American football. That's the, that's the, that's the way I'm going to say it, all right? <laughs> but, anyway... Brandon Aubrey has yet to miss a field goal. I believe, if I'm correct, I believe that he is now 30 for 30. And yesterday, the fact that he became the first NFL kicker in history to make back-to-back -back field goals that were 59 yards plus, that's incredible. He put his streak on the line, and he basically made those field goals with absolutely no problem. The 60-yard field goal he made, he had plenty of room to spend. Bear. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, normally, I, I say on these previews that if you have to, if you settle for field goals, it's not the best thing. Now, even in this case, Brandon Aubrey can make the long field goal, so you need to find the end zone at all costs. Now, even though the Cowboys defense was playing good, still, you got to give them some breathing space. Now, they only got to Jalen Hurts once, and that was Micah Parsons, but, you know, Ste uh, Stephon Gilmore had a hell of a game. You know, I believe, you know, had that little confrontation with A.J. Brown. You know, the fact that the Cowboys defense forced three fumbles. First of all, let me say this. On the opening drive, when the Cowboys got the ball on the op uh, to open the game, they immediately scored a touchdown. And that's one of the things that I said that they need to do. The Cowboys basically immediately, without with, with very little time wasted, or no time wasted, rather, they took control of the game, and they basically found a way to maintain control. They never relinquished. Never. And that's one of the biggest, that was basically the biggest key to the victory that I talked about in the preview. So the Cowboys did exactly what I said they needed to do. They did exactly what they had to do. And they did it good. So, and when Philadelphia got the ball after Dallas scored, Philadelphia was driving down the field. Oh, big time. And then all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts is scrambling, and he lost the football. Now, the Cowboys, unfortunately, were unable to respond with, with uh, after that, I believe. But still, 
the fact that the Cowboys halted Philadelphia's momentum because Philadelphia's offense never recovered from that. <laughs> Once again, it was not the Philadelphia offense that found the end zone. It was the defense. Now, the defense still has problems, but still, the fact that the Cowboys' defense prevented the offense from finding the end zone, that's something that honestly is incredible. Uh, you know, and the fact that A.J. Brown fumbled, Devontae Smith fumbled, and Jalen Hurts, man... You know, and like I said, you know, I believe it was A.J. Brown that had that confrontation with Stephon Gilmore. I believe that A.J. Brown, if I'm correct, uh, man, what, what he said about Gilmore, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to basically you know, see it like that, but exactly what he said, because some Cowboy fans said that, okay, that, that A.J. Brown basically referred as uh, Stephon Gilmore as old, so... <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the Athletic is actually, actually confirms it because A.J. Brown called Stephon Gilmore old because Stephon Gilmore is in his mid-30s now. And Stephon Gilmore, you know, responded. So, this is why I would say you do not, basically, you don't take things that far. Now, I understand trash talking is part of the game. It's Dallas versus Philadelphia. It's a rivalry that's been alive for God knows how long, but still, you know. I always say, like, you, you, if you trash talk, you may, have, you, you may as well just jinx yourself. Okay, so, ah, uh, man, <laughs> I think now Sports Illustrated is now, uh, has a story that says, you know, it says, I wanted A.J. Brown, old Stephon Gilmore extinguishes, so, I mean, yeah, so, now there's, there, there still could be a rematch in the playoffs between these two, so no, neither side should trash talk, so, this Cowboys team just, you know, again, you know, from, from Brandon Aubrey, you know, you know, the defense, you know, and my, you know, and my, Micah Parsons, you know, getting to the quarterback, you know, just so incredible. Now, it was sad to see no interception, no interceptions made, but, but that's okay. So, so at, th at, at this point, really, you know, there, there's just nothing to take away from this team. Now, as, as far as the Eagles go, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, 18 for 27 and didn't even get 200 yards. I would say the best play on the Eagles, you know, I'll never forget that fake punt, how that player, the, the punter just threw the ball like, like it was nothing, and then basically it was a 28-yard 20, gain. <laughs> uh, that fake punt alert, I mean, I was like, man, you know, because like, cause honestly, because when you have the Cowboys go for it on fourth down, the Eagles always have to find a way to respond, like whether it's by a fake or a fake play or, you know, whatever. So, and honestly, at the end of the day, that, that fake punt, while it, while it worked at the end, it didn't really, it didn't do any it didn't, it didn't end up doing Philadelphia any favors. Now did it? I mean, yeah, they got the 20, 28 yard gain, but uh, it did not do them any favors. So, man, uh, you know, I find I find this interesting. Check this out: the fact that Philadelphia averaged more yards per play than Dallas, averaged six yards per play, while Dallas averaged five yards per play. I find that pretty interesting. So Dallas had 394 yards of total offense, while Philadelphia had 324. You know, and and Dallas, you know, holding Philadelphia to a fourth to fourth uh, four for nine on third down efficiency, man. And you know, the fact that Prescott was sacked three times, and the, the Dallas offense was able to you know keep it you know keep it alive. You know, it's clear because everything Philadelphia had, I mean, everything Philadelphia tried, it didn't work. I mean. Yeah, and, and, and a little bit of a Star Trek uh, vibe right here, as the Borg would say, resistance is futile. 
So basically, the Cowboys basically said to the Eagles, "You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile." I think, at least, I think, I think, I think the Borg has probably said that numerous times. I'm not a Star Trek nerd, y'all. I'm a Star Wars nerd. There is actually a massive difference. Now, don't get me wrong. I do. I, I like Star Trek. I used to, I used to watch episodes, you know, from from the the old school with Leonard Nimoy and Le William Shatner. Great stuff. But anyway, so basically, anything that the Eagles tried means the, a, a few times they got a little of something, but overall they got nothing out of it. So. You briefly get a little bit of something, but in the long run, you get nothing out of it. Except, of course, that, that strip sack and fumble return and whatnot. But um, other than that, I mean, the, the Eagles' defense, you know, at, at that point, was they were just horrible at, at some point. I mean, they they basically improved, you know, got better a little bit. But overall, you know, in the long run, Philadelphia's uh, defense just, yeah, again. So, as my friend Dre said, once again, the Sportsway with Dre Day podcast as he said, he believes that the, that right now more than ever the Eagles have been fully exposed. But you know, I got to mention the Eagles, uh, the schedule, their schedule, the remaining schedule, they, it, it's easy. So, so Dallas has the law, uh, the, the 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 high mountain to climb. I mean, Dallas has Buffalo next, then they got Miami, and then they got Detroit at home before uh, going on the road to take on Washington. So, the game, the next two games are going to be brutal. The Detroit game, even though Detroit just got embarrassed by the Chicago Bears, I mean that could still be a game because you know Detroit always has a Detroit does in fact have notoriety for giving Dallas a hard time. So, and of course Buffalo just pulled off a massive upset over the Kansas City Chiefs on the road, and of course the big talk of that was that basically how Patrick Mahomes just totally lost his mind. Yeah, the Cowboys playing the Bills on the road. That right there, that may be even more difficult than the game against the Eagles, but the Cowboys they have to find a way to win the next two games. In fact, honestly, if we're being honest, the Cowboys have to win out the remaining schedule if they're to crown, be crowned the NFC East champions because one loss could end the title host. So they could still make the playoffs, but the, all the Eagles need is for Dallas to lose because the Eagles, we all know, they have, they're, they're capable of winning out the rest of the season. Because looking at the Eagles' schedule, honestly... You know, sometimes you ask, like, you know, who has the, Dallas having this easy schedule? I mean, the Eagles got the easiest schedule at the, at the right time, although some people will say that, that that could haunt them. Eagles got the, the Seahawks next in Seattle, and then they got the Giants at home, then they got the Cardinals at home before they go on, on the road to close out the season against the Giants. So, if the Seahawks can somehow, someway pull off the upset on Monday Night Football on the 18th of December, and if Dallas can be, beat Buffalo, then that's going to give Dallas the advantage. If the Giants can at least pull off one upset or do something, then great. Cardinals obviously are not going to be able to beat the Eagles, but it'll certainly be interesting to see Kyler Murray versus Jalen Hurts. But, yeah, the bottom line is the Eagles, the fact that they've been blown out by both San Francisco and Dallas in the last two weeks, the Eagles are unhappy and they basically want to make sure that the NFC East stays in Philadelphia because right now it's at risk of going to Dallas. And the Eagles don't want to let that happen, but the Cowboys want the title bad. If they want the title bad, they're going to have to go out there. They're going to have to earn it. And they, the only way to do it is they have to win out the rest of the season. That's basically what both teams have to do. Win out the rest of the season. Now imagine if both Dallas and Philadelphia both win out the rest of their games. Now I'm looking at the standings. Both teams are 10-3. and 3, So I would imagine that <clears throat> the point differential is actually going to make a difference. I mean, they're both 10-3, and 3, so Dallas is on a five-game winning streak. While Philadelphia has lost two straight. 
I mean, Dallas is seven and uh, seven and zero oh, oh at home. So, <clears throat> so basically, at that point, you know, Philadelphia has a lot more points than Dallas. So, except, uh, you know, as well as, as scored less. So right now, if both teams were to were to win out, then Dallas would actually win the NFC East. So, uh, so right now it, it's a very very uh, tight and stiff competition, and we'll just have to wait and see how things play out. But uh, the Cowboys are the team that are un under a tremendous amount of pressure, and it's December, so the Cowboys are going to have to basically defy the critics, defy the odds in a way that they have probably not done before. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Please do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button and please be sure to hit the notification bell. That way, I know for sure that you're not going to be missing out on any exciting upcoming content. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good one and God bless.